entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. This is the Mark K Show 2021. It's very similar to the Marquee Show 2020. Just said, why not? No big changes. By the way, this is welcome. By the way, Happy New Year. Hopefully, everyone's uh, finding us on the stream, finding us online, finding us on the radio, wherever you happen to be. We are here. We're back. We're live. We're very excited about it. We make no resolutions on this show, by the way. We didn't feel like we had to change anything. We thought that we were actually doing pretty well. Uh, at the end of the year, we were, I mean, we were really running on all cylinders. So why come back all different and pledging to be different? That's the thing. I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit. I think after a year like 2020, if you made it through, you're, you're good to go. I mean, you're a better person than you probably ever have been. So don't be thinking come New Year's Eve that you have to sit down and reflect on your life and say, you know what? Here's all the things I'm going to do better in 2021 because surviving 2020 uh, alone means means that you're probably a pretty gosh darn good person as it is. At least that's that's how I feel about it. 855-765-1045. That's our number today. That's our number every day. But it's also our number today if you want to get in on the program. So much to do. Speaking of New Year's Eve, I don't you know, there's so much stuff to talk about. I don't know what you were doing New Year's Eve. I was sitting at home with my family, drinking champagne, eating food that I probably shouldn't have been eating. I probably and then I I passed out about 12:15, 12:30. Uh, I did watch some CNN because Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper were probably the most entertaining thing on television that evening. Uh, they were drinking tequila. They were pretending to to talk about hard news. Every time Anderson Cooper did a shot, he looked like he was, you know, he looked like he was going to vomit. And then, oh, get this, get this. They saw, you know what? This is amazing. New York City, typically the center of the universe on New Year's Eve, thousands and thousands of people. I would say probably 100,000 people usually gather there. And they all usually party and drink and they have performances and Ryan Seacrest hosts and there's celebrities everywhere. And like, I don't know, Jennifer Lopez sings live on stage and like a cat suit, all sorts of stuff happens. And then at midnight, the big ball drops from the sky and it counts down. And it is one of the largest parties in the world has been for for decades and decades and decades. Well, this year, because of Mayor Bill de Blasio's um, very strict and stringent stay-home orders and social distancing mandates, there was no massive party in New York's Times Square for New Year's Eve. There was no hundreds of thousands of people. There were a handful of people, most of them first responders, that were allowed to come in and enjoy the festivities and see the performances. Ryan Seacrest was still there, but there was no one around him, yet he was still wearing a mask, which was kind of odd. And this is what was going on. Uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy, uh, Bravo Andy, Andy Cohen, they hosted from their regular platform. But again, there was no one around them except for, ironically, Mayor Bill de Blasio, who told New Yorkers, you must stay home. You have to. You cannot come out here. It's invitation only. There's covid. It's you, you have to stay home. Don't go out. Don't party. This will be a very solemn New Year's Eve. Well, Bill de Blasio seeing as how he's the mayor of the city, decided he could go to New Year's Eve in in uh, Times Square. He could still go party, especially if no one else was going to be there, and he could dance. The only problem is he got called out by Bravo Andy and Anderson Cooper for dancing in Times Square because, oh, look, there were television cameras all over. 
Oh, my God. I'm like, that's how I felt when I saw Mayor de Blasio dancing just now. <laughs> what are you, what are you, I just yeah. don't need to see that at the beginning of 2021. Do something with this city. <laughs> Honestly, get it together. God. Goodness. All right. Anyway. I'll we, be, we still got a lot of show. Tiptoeing back to Bravo in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but while I have this platform, I got some other stuff I want to say, oh, too. Okay. All right, so you got two drunken Democrats standing on a platform in New York's Times Square. They turn around in between shots of tequila live on camera, and they see Mayor Bill de Blasio, who mandated that everybody stay home, dancing his butt off in Times Square, and they call him out. This is where we, we are now. This is where the Democrats, it's, they've got, they're coming home to roost. They're realizing just how bad their leadership is. They're realizing just how bad their ideas are. And they're starting to argue with each other. They're starting to call each other out. And if you think there's infighting in the Republican Party, it's nothing compared to what's going on with the Democrats. They are doing things consistently to prove to each other that they don't care about one another. And you won't find two more liberal people on television or in the world than Andy Cohen from Bravo TV and Anderson Cooper from CNN. And these two guys are calling out the mayor live on the most liberal news network on, on New Year's Eve for dancing in the streets, which, let's be honest, they should be doing it. The guy told everybody you can't come out here and party. The guy put an end to a decades-old tradition of getting drunk and hammered and kissing strangers in New York's Times Square at midnight on New Year's Eve. He told everybody, not this year, bub. And then he put on his best party clothes, and he went right out there into the middle of it all and started dancing as if to just smack like millions of New Yorkers in the face, to smack millions of tourists who spend you know, days trying to get there, days standing in line waiting for that ball to drop so they can say, yes, I was here on New Year's Eve. They weren't, but he was. That's not that's not the only thing that happened. You know how they celebrated New Year's Eve in Portland, Oregon? I'll tell you. In Portland, Oregon, this is this is amazing. There were you're never gonna believe it. At the stroke of midnight, Portland, Oregon, there were riots. There were riots. I'm not kidding. Antifa supporters, Black Lives Matter supporters, Antifa terrorists in their black garb. They started running through the streets of Portland on New Year's Eve. They were rioting and looting and hitting people and breaking things and doing basically what they've been doing pretty much every night for months now, pretty much all through 2020. It was just more of the same in 2021. And Ted Wheeler, Ted Wheeler was totally taken aback. Let me refresh your memory. Ted Wheeler, by the way, is the mayor of Portland. He is a very liberal mayor. And you may remember him. He uh, he had a little claim to fame last year when he called out President Trump. Do you remember when the, the Portland federal courthouse was under attack and President Trump sent in troops to protect the federal building, which is not only his right, but it's also his obligation? And the mayor was very upset with that. And he told Donald Trump to stay the hell out of the way. It's OK if you don't remember, because I have it right here. I'm going to do the work that I need to do here in my local community with my local officials to take accountability for what's happening on our streets. And I'd appreciate that either the president support us or he stay the hell out of the way. Yeah, Ted Wheeler's going to take responsibility for keeping his neighborhood safe and he's going to do his job and the president can either support him or get the hell out of the way. Well, how did Ted Wheeler decide he was going to do his job? How did Ted Wheeler, Mayor Portland, decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to keep our residents safe? He decided he was going to do it by defunding the police. When there were riots going on nightly in Portland, Oregon, 
Ted Wheeler decided the best thing to do is defund the police. When the president had to send in National Guard troops to protect federal buildings in Portland, Oregon, the mayor decided to defund the police. And he did it to the tune of $12 million. He was very excited about it. We propose to redirect over $7 million from the police bureau and $5 million from other city funds directly to communities of color, reinvesting $12 million. $12 million. They're taking it away from the police. They're taking it away from community organizations, which means you know things like public safety officers in schools to make sure there aren't school shootings, things like that. And they are funneling in, it into the African-American community projects. And then six months later, he's shocked. Shocked to find that there is still lawlessness running rampant in Portland, Oregon. So he had to come out with another press conference after New Year's Eve and pledge that now that he's defunded the police by $12 million, he realizes there's a need for, well, police in Portland. My good faith efforts at de-escalation have been met with ongoing violence and even scorn from radical Antifa and anarchists. Look at this. My good faith efforts. My good faith efforts to restore law and order. It wasn't a good faith effort. You were pandering to the political base of the Democratic Party who was demanding that you defund the police and give the money to other organizations. That wasn't that wasn't good faith. That was you were petrified that you were going to get ousted from your platform as mayor. That's all it was. In response, it will be necessary to use additional tools and to push the limits of the tools we already have to bring the criminal destruction and violence to an end. Okay, so now Ted Wheeler, after pledging to take $12 million away from the police department, is saying, hey, now that these riots are continuing, now that there's lawlessness on New Year's Eve, you know what? We're going to need more tools, meaning more police, meaning more money for police, and we're going to have to push the tools we already have to the limits to make sure that it doesn't continue. Lawlessness and anarchy come at great expense and with great risk to the future of our community. It's time to push back harder against those who are set on destroying our community and to take more risks in fighting lawlessness. Ah, push back harder, like when the President of the United States sent federal troops in to take control of your city because you weren't pushing back at all. This is what's happening. 2021, I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be the year of Democrats realizing just how bad their policies are. It's going to be the year of Democrats realizing just how bad their leadership is. 2021 is the year of the Democrat chickens coming home to roost. In just six months, Ted Wheeler realized that, hey, if you've got uh, disorder and lawlessness in your streets, maybe defunding the police isn't the best idea. But maybe that leads to more lawlessness and disorder in your streets. Hmm, there's a thought. You've got Democrats on TV, CNN reporters, Bravo Andy saying, hey, you know what? If you're telling everybody they need to stay home for New Year's Eve, why are you coming out here and dancing on New Year's Eve? Do something. Fix this city. Fix it. They're turning on each other. And I, for one, am really going to enjoy uh, watching the battle all year long. 855-765-1045. We got more on that coming up here in just a minute. Also, these Donald Trump tapes have hit number one. Number one on the Billboard charts for 2021. It's the president of the United States. Uh, we'll break down all of those Trump tapes and tell you exactly why the media chose today to report on it. Plus, tomorrow, the big election. Georgia, Leffler, Purdue versus Warnock, Ossoff. 
We've got updates on that. We've got Jake Tapper siding with the Republicans, which is odd. And we got a bunch of your phone calls and open mic messages, too. So stay tuned. The Mark K Show 2021 continues next. And oh man, I'll tell you what, what a 2021 has been so This has been really exciting. We have a new Congress, um, which we'll get to. I don't even know. There's so much that I want to talk about here. I don't even know where to start. But uh, you know what? I guess we should talk. I guess we should talk a little bit about the uh, about the fraud squad before we get into before we get into President Trump and the tapes that are being now heard around the world and why they're being heard right now. It's because it's because tomorrow's Election Day in Georgia. You know what? Maybe we'll start with that. We'll start with that. All right. So tomorrow, Election Day in Georgia. By the way, programming note, we tried our darndest to find a place to broadcast in Georgia. We were going to go up there and we were going to do a live broadcast. We thought it would be great. We started with some of the Republican venues, uh, but they're not allowed to host press. And then I, you know, we started reaching out to some restaurants, the ones that were open uh, for breakfast, and they just didn't want anything to do with us. And we reached out to our sister station there, and they're like, look, we've got COVID protocols. Nobody's allowed in or out of the building. Uh, like, literally, they've got people that have been living there for months. So we, we realized we're not going to be able to broadcast from anywhere um, except for our hotel room. And so we decided the best thing to do is just stay here and broadcast so that we can stream live to people, that we can we can take phone calls from Georgia, we can do all that. So the uh, we will not be in Atlanta as previously planned. We will be here. However, the president will be in Georgia today uh, for a, in a, what, Dalton, Georgia, I think it's called. And he's going to have a massive rally to pump the support for this election tomorrow. Kelly Leffler, uh, David Perdue against Reverend uh, Warnock and John Ossoff. And John Ossoff got called out by Jake Tapper on CNN, who, again, Jake Tapper is one of those weird dudes. He won't have Kellyanne Con- or he won't have uh, Kayleigh McEnany on his show because she lies. But he apparently uh, likes to call out other people when they lie as well. I can never really figure out which way he's going to fall on an issue. He's clearly not a fan of John Ossoff and how John Ossoff has been campaigning. And here's one of the things that he takes uh, that he objects to. This was John Ossoff on Fox News talking about Kelly Leffler, um, one of the Republicans running in the runoff tomorrow. Listen to this. Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman. And so she is stooping to these vicious personal attacks to distract from the fact that she's been campaigning with a former member of the Ku Klux Klan. By the way, it's Ku Klux Klan, not Ku Klux Klan. Cucks are totally different than Klux. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, so the, he's been accusing her of, of campaigning with this Klansman. And he was on Jake Tapper's show on CNN, and Jake Tapper actually called him out on it. You said that, uh, quote, Kelly Leffler has been campaigning with a Klansman, unquote. That's not true. I mean, there, it is true that a former member of the Klan took a photo with Senator Leffler at a campaign event. Her campaign says she didn't know who he was at the time, and she has condemned him. I'm sure you've taken photos with thousands of strangers. Isn't it important for candidates to tell the truth? It is, and it's even more distressing that this isn't an isolated incident. Kelly Leffler has repeatedly posed for photographs and been seen campaigning alongside radical white supremacists. And I believe they're drawn to her campaign because her campaign has consisted almost entirely of racist attacks on the Black Lives Matter movement 
and on the black church. Okay, so he's saying, yes, it is important to tell the truth. And let me continue to lie <laughs> about the uh, about my opponent. She's continually gone out and campaigned with white supremacists and taken photos with them. This is something that the left always does. They will drum up anyone who supports you and link you to them. They don't mention, you know, they don't mention all the people that they're in bed with, the Chinese communists, uh, people in Cuba and Venezuela. They don't mention Black Lives Matter terrorists and Antifa terrorists who are being funded by the same people that are funding their campaign. They don't mention any of that. But if Kelly Leffler shows up in rural Georgia and a guy who happens to be, I don't know, a proud boy takes a picture with her, all of a sudden she is a racist. Well, Jake Tapper, surprisingly, ain't having any of it. All right. But just to be clear, she was not campaigning with a Klansman. That wasn't true what you said. Um wow. So now he's telling his entire CNN audience John Ossoff is a liar and he's doing it the day before the big Georgia election. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be really interesting. Kelly Leffler, by the way, will be on stage tonight with Donald Trump. She'll be probably the only prominent uh, Republican on stage tonight with Donald Trump. We'll tell you why no other Georgia Republicans will be at that rally other than Kelly Leffler on the eve of what is probably the biggest runoff election in the history of the universe. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the show coming up. Stay tuned. Marquee, why ain't you on Rumble? Oh. Fun fact, I am on Rumble. You can follow me, Mark K. <laughs> there's like there's like a thousand videos up there on Rumble. Uh, I'd love for you. We're on, look, we're, we try to be everywhere. We're on Rumble. We're on Parler. We're on Gab, Twitter, Instagram, IGTV, Facebook, YouTube. I mean, if it's a thing, LinkedIn. I even post my videos on LinkedIn. And you know how many complaints I get? It's great. I love it because LinkedIn is apparently all about like business and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, my business is talking about politics. <laughs> so I post it on LinkedIn because I figure that's, you know, that's that's business. And um, and people just hate it. They say the people always write to me and go, this is no place for politics. This is a discussion for professionals to a network with each other. I'm like, OK, great. I want to network with some more conservatives. Uh, and I'm sure there's a bunch of them on LinkedIn because you know, they, they're the ones that create all the companies, do all the hiring, make all the money. They're the ones that show up for work every day, uh, you know, while the Democrats are out running around the streets burning things. So I, I figure, I, you know, I should be on LinkedIn, and I am. So you, you can follow me on any of those platforms, but we are definitely on Rumble uh, every single day. This is Jim in Jacksonville. Uh, before we get to the Donald Trump stuff, Jim, good morning. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Good morning, good morning. Hey, I'm doing great, and I wanted to say if you really want to broadcast – out of Georgia, I got a place in St. Mary's, Georgia. You can broadcast from. Oh, okay. So However, it, yeah, St. Mary's is basically just like Jacksonville, though. I mean, it's like you know, it's well, twenty minutes away. Jacksonville. It's just a yeah. nice bedroom community. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I was just there this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what I was calling about was uh, I wanted to say that you know, if if Trump should actually get a second term, mm -hmm. the Biden voters in Georgia would literally be turning over in their graves. <laughs> right. The yeah, other the, thing I wanted to say was a great idea for him is to go ahead and plan an, on Inauguration Day. He doesn't have to go to the inauguration. John Adams didn't do it when Thomas Jefferson went in. And John Quincy Adams, he, he ran off on, on uh, Andrew Jackson. So he doesn't have to go to the inauguration. So what he should do is go ahead and plan his 2024 campaign kickoff on the other side of Washington. Well, he is planning something on Inauguration Day. We we already know that that's in the works. He's not. He's already said he will not be going to the inauguration. He may not be leaving the White House. I mean, we don't know what's going to This is the one big thing we know about. Here's all we know about Donald Trump at this moment. We don't know what's going to happen. 
We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what he's going to say. Uh, we don't know, you know, what the the plan is for tomorrow. We know he's going to appear at this big, or I'm sorry, the the Wednesday rally. Tomorrow's the Georgia runoff. We know tonight he's going to be in in Georgia, uh, pumping Kelly Leffler and David Perdue. David Perdue, by the way, will not be at the rally. And the reason David Perdue won't be at the rally is because a he's got COVID. Which is, you know, a good reason not to go. And B, he's not a senator anymore. So he could show up at the rally, but he wouldn't be a Georgia politician. He's not a senator. His term ended. And he has had not been sworn in yet because they're waiting for this runoff. Kelly Leffler, because she was appointed to a vacant seat, is, however, still a senator until the runoff. So she's really the only senator uh, representing Georgia at the moment. She will be at the rally. Governor Brian Kemp. And Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, have been uninvited, disinvited, if you will, from the Trump rally in Georgia. They are persona non grata with the president and the presidential campaign. In fact, Donald Trump is suing Brad Raffensperger for this leaked audio that you've probably heard everywhere that has been taken out, that has been taken out of context since the moment it was released by the Washington Post. Now, this is an hour-long phone call, and they've pulled about four minutes Four minutes to release. This is very similar to other potential political hit jobs that have been attempted on President Trump. You may remember back to the the uh, Bob Woodward tapes where he was talking about covid and they had nine interviews. But we got to hear about 45 to 50 seconds of what he told Bob Woodward. You may remember the Ukraine phone call where they released the Ukraine phone call transcript and tried to tell everybody that Donald Trump was using his power to dig up dirt on Joe Biden and that he needed to be impeached. And in fact, it was the basis of their entire impeachment investigation. You may remember all of this. Well, this recorded phone call between uh, President Trump and his lawyers and Brad Raffensperger and his lawyers got, quote unquote, leaked to The Washington Post. And now President Trump is just totally assuming, just believing in his heart of hearts that this was leaked by Raffensperger there. He's basically suing the guy now because he's saying this is all privileged. But listen to what he there. Here are the big takeaways of Donald Trump. And most of it here's here's the most of it is Donald Trump laying into Brad Raffensperger saying you're a Republican, you're the Secretary of State, this is on you, and you're doing nothing, you're letting them steal this election from us. Uh, here's the first clip. The people of Georgia are angry, the people of the country are angry, and there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. That you've recalculated. Now, the Washington Post is letting everybody believe, or leading everybody to believe, that Donald Trump is begging this guy, Brad Raffensperger, to create votes out of thin air. They're, they're taking this whole transcript, and I've read through the entire transcript. I've listened to these tapes. They're making it seem like Donald Trump is telling the Secretary of State, you have to find me 11,000 more votes or else. And the reason they say that is because they say this is a veiled threat. Listen to this. The people of Georgia are angry. The people of the country are angry. And there's nothing wrong with saying. That's the one I just played. Let me play you this one. You know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal that's a criminal offense. And, and, you know, you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. Now, what he's saying here is you're you're basically breaking the law. You know what they did. You know what's going on and you're letting it happen. That makes you an accomplice that puts you at at risk of of, of you know, criminal prosecution. That's a big risk to you and your lawyer. You can't let that happen. Everybody at The Washington Post, all the Democrats are saying Donald Trump is threatening this guy. Donald Trump is saying, find me votes or else you're going to jail, which, as you just heard, is clearly not at all what he said. But it continues. I just want to find uh, 11,000 
780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. Because we won the state. This is the president saying, look, I know that we won the state. I've seen the video. I've seen the evidence. I've heard the reports. We've seen the ballots coming out from underneath the table in the middle of the night. We've seen the poll workers sent out. We know the reports about these Dominion voting machines. We know about all the scandalous stuff. We have the affidavits. There's proof out there. You're not investigating it. You're not letting us do the signature matches in the counties we want to do the signature verification and the signature matches on. Why are you hiding? What are you doing? You're do what you're doing is criminal and it's bad for the party. Brent, what are we going to do? We won the election and it's not fair to take it away from us like this. And it's going to be very costly in many ways. And I think you have to say that you're going to reexamine it and you can reexamine it, but, but reexamine it with people that want to find answers, not people that don't want to find answers. Oh, look, at there's the rub. See, this is this is the part of the conversation that they're not telling you about. He's like, you need to find the people that are willing to investigate this thoroughly, the people that want to find the answers, because there are questions. There are questions in Wisconsin. There are questions in Michigan. There are questions in Pennsylvania. There's questions in Nevada and Arizona and in Georgia. And nobody wants to answer these questions. Of course, they don't want to answer them in Pennsylvania. They're all Democrats. Same with Michigan. Governor Whitmer doesn't want the questions answered. She wants the questions forgotten. Same with Wisconsin. Nevada and Arizona it could go either way. But in Georgia, where you have a Republican governor, you have a Republican secretary of state or was it lieutenant? Uh, yeah, secretary of state. You've got a Republican Congress people. You've got Republican senators who are up for grabs now tomorrow in the in the runoff election. You've got it's a red state and nobody there wants to answer the questions that could turn this election Donald Trump's way. And because of that, because of that. These tapes have been released now and the media and Brad Raffensperger and all the other never Trumpers and all the Democrats are trying to turn the tables on Donald Trump. And we've seen this before. We we know what the Democrats do. They tell you you did something that they themselves are guilty of doing. We've seen it over and over and over again. Donald Trump worked with Putin to, to rig the campaign in 2016 when really it was the other way around. It was Hillary Clinton working with the Russians and it was Hillary Clinton with the fake dossier. Donald Trump uh, eavesdropped on the Biden campaign and met with these officials and dug up dirt when really it was the Obama administration who put the bugs at Trump Tower. Oh, look, we're going to accuse you of doing something we've done so no one will suspect us of doing it. They did it again with the Ukraine phone call. It was Joe Biden who threatened the Ukraine. It was Joe Biden who said, I'm going to withhold a billion dollars of funds unless you fire the investigator who's investigating my son Hunter's company. And then they turned around and accused Donald Trump of doing the exact same thing. And now on the brink of this election in Georgia, the most important election in history, the media is doing it again. They are trying to distract everybody's attention from the real crime. They are trying to distract everybody by saying, Donald Trump is accusing Joe Biden and the Democrats of stealing the election. Oh, no, look, here he is trying to come up with votes. Here he is pressuring uh, individuals to create votes out of thin air for him so that he can win the election. He's the criminal, not us. It's the same playbook. Brand new year, same playbook. And you can tell 
the Washington Post holding these tapes, releasing them when they did, and the Democratic establishment jumping on it. It's the exact same crime that Donald Trump, that 140 Republican Congress people, and that uh, about 11 Republican senators are going to accuse Joe Biden of on Wednesday. This is not a coincidence, folks. Not at all. 855-765-1045. Quick break. We got more coming up. We're just getting started. It's the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-765-1045. Sorry, I didn't hit the button when I started talking. I almost, I almost forgot how to run the radio station when uh, when I was off on vacation. But we're back now. We're getting it all together. Slowly but surely, it's all. It's like riding a bicycle. You know, you you, you never really forget. Um, you never really forget. But also, don't do it drunk. 855-765-104. Let's grab a quick call here. This is Russ in Illinois. Hi, Russ. How are you? Thanks for uh, calling the Mark K Show. Hey, Mark. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, doing great, man. Happy New Year. What's on your mind, Russ? What do you want to say? Oh, I was thinking a new way to celebrate uh, a new Independence Day coming up here. These uh, ammunition companies need to give us a uh, maybe a two-for-one package. You know, get us fully armed. Oh, BOGO bullets. Yeah, I love that idea. I love that. Unfortunately, here's the thing. What I've learned, and this is a great this is a great reminder. Uh, we are still a capitalist country. And what that means is that when there's demand, price goes up, not down. So that's why that's why that's why it's tough to find bullets that are cheap uh, these days. <laughs> Hey, um, thanks so much. For, Just a thought. Yeah, no, I pre- I would love it, man. I think that the the big here's the thing. The big um, you know, uh, what do you call it? The big deals or the big things that are going to be uh, a part of this new uh, democratic era of leadership are going to be. First of all, the Second Amendment is going to be under attack. In fact, you know, maybe we should talk about this this Bobert woman, Lauren Bobert. There was this ad, Lauren Bobert. You may know her. She's from uh, Colorado. And she ran this restaurant or whatever. And what she did was she walked around with a gun on her hip. And uh, now she's in Congress and she released a new ad where she actually shows her Glock. And she's walking down the streets of Washington, D.C. with her Glock. She's doing like a Glock walk. And it's like it's basically like the new hip thing. Here, let me play a little bit of it for you. Oh, wait, I just hold on. Where is it? Here it is. Oh, listen, carefully. Here, here she is. Listen carefully. Why can't you hear? her? Oh, maybe because I have to go like this. Uh, This is her new ad that she just released. I'm Lauren Boebert, and I approve this message. Cut. That's a wrap. All right. So now, oh, there's her gun. Putting on her side and her holster. And now she's walking out with her Glock on her side, strutting out the back door, heels, jeans. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm a newly elected congresswoman from Colorado. Even though I now work in one of the most liberal cities in America, I refuse to give up my rights, yeah. especially my Second Amendment rights. And she's just strutting down through D.C., walking by the Capitol building. Walking I will by- carry my firearm in D.C. and in Congress. Yeah. This caused outrage from Democrats and the media. Why? It's our job in Congress to defend your rights, including your Second Amendment. And that's exactly what I'm here to do. Boom. Yeah, in D.C., oh. of all places, we should be encouraged to practice our rights. So forget what you hear in the fake news. Here are the real reasons why I choose to defend myself in our nation's capital. I'm a woman and a mother of four. I choose to defend my family with all of the force the Constitution provides. D.C. is one of the top ten most dangerous cities in our country. Yeah, now she's walking through. And here's the thing. She's walking through the the bad parts of D.C., which she probably won't have to walk through on the way 
to the Capitol building um, at all. But it's a great this is like this new this is this new breed of conservative female politician. Kimberly Clasic had a similar video. Remember when she was running in Baltimore for Congress and she was it's a, it's the same. It's almost like the same production company. You got a woman, well-dressed, high heel shoes. She's got her Sarah Palin glasses on, walking through a city, whether it's Baltimore, in this case, D.C., talking about one of the fundamental uh, parts of their platform, which is gun rights or, you know, just being a better politician for Baltimore than anyone else. And the big words and the rock music in the background. This is the new Republican Party. This is the new Congress. She is a congressperson. She's walking with her Glock into the Capitol building and she's defending her rights and yours as well. This is what the GOP is becoming. And you know who hates it? The Democrats. You know who else? The old GOP. But this Congress, I'm telling you, it is already fired up to be one of the most fundamentally life-changing Congresses we've ever had. This Congress right now will be unlike any Congress we've ever had in history and probably ever will again. And we're already seeing uh, we're already seeing real examples of that, which we'll share for you right after this. Stay tuned. More of the Mark K Show coming up. Under law, you're not allowed to give faulty election results, okay? You're not allowed to do that, and that's what you've done. This is a faulty election result. And honestly, this should go very fast. You should meet tomorrow. Because you have a big election election coming up, and because of what you've done to the president, you know, the people of, of uh, Georgia know that this was a scam. And because of what you've done to the president, a lot of people aren't going out to vote. This is uh, President Donald Trump on a uh, recorded phone call with uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia. And that is true. What he just said is true. There was a Rasmussen poll out. Seven percent of very conservative Georgia voters said that they will not vote in the runoff because they don't trust the system. Why don't they trust the system? Well, because Brad Raffensperger and Brian Kemp have done nothing to, to renew their trust in the system. In fact, they've done a lot to abolish trust in the system. And President Trump is saying this is a big problem for all Republicans, you guys included. And a lot of Republicans are going to vote negative because they hate what you did to the president. Okay, they hate him. And they're going to vote. And if you would be respected, if really respected, if this thing could be straightened out. Before the election, you have a big election coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, well, unless they do something today, it's not going to get straightened out. In fact, all they're doing today, this is their response to the president. The president's saying, and the president is very, a lot of these statements are accurate. There are really fed up conservatives who are not going to vote in this really crucial election. The, the state of the Senate, and of course, we know as goes the Senate, goes the country, is up for grabs. Kelly Leffler, David Perdue, at least one of them needs to uh, claim a seat in the Senate for the Republicans or else we're all doomed. And what Brad Raffensperger and what, what uh, Brian Kemp are doing is they're messing around with an election and they're making these Georgia Republicans feel like their vote doesn't even matter. So why the hell should I even bother? That's where we are today. That's where we are going into this election. And in two years, there's going to be another election. And Brian Kemp's going to be up for re-election. Guess what? There's another poll out. I think it was a Trafalgar. I don't know. It was someone's poll. Said that uh, if Doug Collins ran right now, as, as it stands, if Doug Collins ran for governor, he would handedly beat Brian. I feel like if anybody ran for governor against Kemp right now, they would win. And that's what they're discounting. They're discounting the power of the people, the people that voted for Donald Trump, the people that believe what Donald Trump believes, the people that believe in America, the people that voted to make America great again, again. 
and are now feeling disenfranchised. They're feeling cheated. And every time they go to tell somebody a crime is committed, they get a door slammed in their face. Whether it's the governor's door or the state secretary of state's door or the Supreme Court's door. All these doors are supposedly with friendly individuals who have sworn to uphold the law and the Constitution and have sworn to do their duty to make sure that that to make sure that everything is on the up and up and that America is protected. All these people are saying we don't even want to hear it. We don't believe the proof that you have. We don't believe the stories that you're telling us. And so you could just please go away. Well, what they don't realize is that there's an election coming up in two years and the people may tell them to go away. Although Kemp probably doesn't care because, look, if the election goes, you know, the way it went this last time around, he's a shoot. He does. What did Joe Biden say? I don't need your vote to get elected. I'm going to need you after I get elected. There are probably a lot of a lot of Republican, uh, a lot of Republican naysayers are probably feeling the same exact way right now. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five. 1045 is our number 855 uh 855-765-1045 is our number this is nathan morrison hi nathan how are you thanks so much for calling the marquee show what's up nathan all right hey thanks so much for calling uh this is steven in texas hi steven hey mark hey. uh new listener here love the show love ex- everything you're talking about um, I'd just like to preface this by saying that I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I think the two-party system is dumb. I think that we need to abolish it. Uh, but I would just like to say I, I can't believe that Americans are so blind, really, because all of this evidence is being presented, and we've had so much evidence from all the way back before the election, all the way up till now, and it seems like people are willingly blind to it. And I want to ask you, Mark, why do you think that is? I don't. It just seems like it's got to be willful ignorance at this point it can't just be people don't know they can't just not understand it i mean this evidence is clear as crystal clear as day and it just baffles me that people are so blind to it and so willfully blind to it and it just makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes with all this i mean there's got to be a reason behind it well steven you're right about it you you hit the nail on the head a lot of people are just willfully blind to it or they they're not blind to it, but they're just too lazy to do it. There's a couple of different aspects of it. And, you know, this couldn't have happened if it was just the Democrats. It couldn't have happened if it was just the Democrats. You need Republicans on your side as well. And when you look at when you look at the three tiered approach or the three pronged approach that they took to running this election for Joe Biden, you see that it's almost impossible for some people to even though in their heart of hearts, even though, you know, in their gut, they know that this election went wrong. They know that there's shenanigans all over the place. They are they just can't come to grips with it because of what they're being fed by the media, by the Democrats and by the courts. The first step is you've got to have the Democrats in these counties and in these cities and in these states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan and Georgia and and Arizona even do your dirty work for you. You've got to have them willing to go in and stop the voting, kick out the, the Republican vote, you know, uh, vote counters or the, um, the Republican monitors. You've got to be able to have these people that are willing to just bring in truckloads of ballots in the middle of the night, have these people that are willing to go harvest ballots or throw ballots in a dumpster if they know they're from a Trump county. You've got to have people that are willing to run the same ballot two or three times or whatever we're hearing. These are all stories we're getting from affidavits. These are all sworn testimony from people all over the country. This stuff was happening. It's been it's on an affidavit that makes it evidence. But what happens after that is not only do you have to have the Democrats who are on the ground committing these these potential crimes, but then you've got to have a media who refuses to report on it. 
You've got to have a media that ignores it. You've got to have an immediate a media that that not only ignores it, but will go out there and start promoting falsehoods and fallacies. Fox News started the whole thing by declaring Arizona before the polls were even closed. Fox News declared the state of Arizona before the polls were even closed. That was a big, huge no-no, and that was them jumping the gun on trying to call this race for Biden. They wanted to make sure that Donald Trump lost, and they did it, I think, a little too soon. And that really caused uh, really caused a, a stir and, and, a, and a rift to, to open up between them and their audience. And a, the president, of course. Then, of course, you've got the other media outlets that continue to call Joe Biden president-elect. They continue to ignore all of the evidence coming out. They call Rudy Giuliani crazy. They stop, they stop booking Rudy Giuliani on their networks. We heard last, right before Christmas Jake Tapper telling Brian Stelter, I won't even talk to Kaylee McEnany because she lies. He won't talk to the, secretary, the um, press secretary of the United States because he doesn't like the story she tells because it differs from what he believes. And then you've got the courts. Then you've got to have the courts. And the problem with a lot of these courts is they're still Democrats. They're run by Democrats. They're in Democrat counties. They're in Democrat states. Even the Supreme Court of the United States, you've got a ton of you've got a ton of never Trumpers who basically might as well be Democrats running the thing. You've got John Roberts, one of the biggest never Trumpers in the world, sitting at the at the, and the chief justice chair of the Supreme Court. And he dictates what cases are come before us. And he dictates what cases are going to be are going to be heard. And they are all slamming the door. So, no, this couldn't just be done by Joe Biden's campaign. It couldn't just be done by a handful of states. It had to be done by the states, the media and the courts. And unfortunately for you and for President Trump and for the 75 million Americans who voted for him, that was enough to get most Americans to either willfully believe that Joe Biden got enough votes to be president or just throw in the towel thinking, well, I just you know what? We'll just suffer with it for four years. I don't see any way around it. I'm bored. I'm tired. I'm going to go play my new PlayStation 5. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marque Show coming up. Stay tuned. This is the Marque Show. My name is Marque. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. By the way, in the, uh, during the commercial breaks, I've been putting together uh, furniture for our office. And I got this tripod lamp last week that we didn't have time to put together. And somehow between then and now, we lost the instructions. So we have all the pieces. We don't have the instructions. Uh, but then as, uh, as someone pointed out on Facebook, you're a guy. You don't need instructions, which is 100% right. So I've just been sitting here trying to figure it out. Uh, we're almost done. It looks pretty good. And it may actually work. We'll keep you posted. Uh, this is Ken. We have all the pieces. We don't have the instructions. Oh. Oh, Ken, do me a favor. Turn your radio down for me or whatever it is uh, you're listening to. And uh, we'll get to you here in just a minute. Billy in South Carolina. Hi, Billy. How are you? How you doing? Oh. Uh, my name is Billy Powell. I live in South Carolina, which Donald Trump won the election here. Yeah, yeah. Well, my question is, uh, if they got such a you know ordeal about the election, I don't know if it's possible. It's costing a lot of money anyway. What's going on? Why can't they just go back and let everybody revote and do it the right way? That way, it'd be an honest election. Well, here's the thing: revoting isn't going to make it. Revoting, first of all, isn't even a isn't even a thing. But um, what they can do is they can have the congressional delegations vote, which is what they're hoping to happen on the sixth of January. Thanks to a lot of really, I'll be honest with you, a lot of really 
brave GOP individuals, a lot of uh, Congress people and a lot of senators who have come forward and said, we are going to object to this election, not because we're thwarting democracy, not because we think that this is uh, we want to subvert an election or stifle people's votes or disenfranchise millions of voters. No, but they are following the con constitutional process put forward to objecting to what they believe is an election that has been compromised or that has been run illegally, which let's be honest. All proof points to the fact that it has. When you look at what's going on in Pennsylvania alone, you can see that the rules and regulations put forth for voting were unconstitutional as they were not created by the Pennsylvania legislature. And that's what the Constitution says. So you've got Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, Mike Braun in Indiana, Ted Cruz of Texas, Steve Daines, Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, who also, fun fact, is replacing Lamar Alexander, who said no one should should um, object to these electors. So good thing he's out and Bill Haggerty's in. Josh Hawley, Ron Johnson, John Kennedy of Louisiana, one of my personal favorite senators. If you've never heard an interview with John Kennedy of Louisiana, please take some time today to Google one. You won't be disappointed. James Langford, Cynthia Loomis, Roger Marshall, and Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, soon to be sworn in. The first thing he'll do is object to this election and the electoral votes. And at least, at least, Ron Johnson, I saw him interviewed. He said there's six states that they're talking about. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, um, also Nevada and Arizona. And now what happens is every time there's an objection from both a senator and a, uh, and a uh, co uh, congressperson, which there will be, there's a two-hour debate on just that state. So if you're talking about six states, you're talking about 12 hours of debate, meaning that January 6th, will move into January 7th because every time a state is read by the vice president, there's going to be calls for objections. And start, let's see, there's Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California. Okay, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona will be the first one. So he'll go Alaska, and then they'll give the votes to Trump. Uh, and, or Alabama, they'll give the votes to Trump. Alaska, they'll give the votes to Trump. Arizona, uh, where you're going to give the votes to Biden. No, sir, I object. Uh, there's an objection from the House. Is there an objection from the Senate? Aye. Okay, great. Let's all go and deliberate. And the House of Representatives goes into their room for two hours, and the senators go into their rooms for two hours, and they debate Arizona. And then they come back after two hours. They go, all right, everybody debate. Let's vote. Then they vote whether or not to accept the Arizona electors. Then they continue. Uh, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, they'll go through until they get to Georgia. And then it'll happen all over again. And then it'll happen when they hit Michigan and Nevada and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. This will not be a one-day process. This is going to take a long time. Will there be 270 electoral votes at the end of the day for one of the candidates? If we're, if we're being honest... Odds are yes. If the Democrats all hold and the Republicans can't get it together, which we know they can't, then yeah, at the end of the day, these objections will most likely be overruled. But if they're not, even if one, even if Pennsylvania comes out, even if we see that there is enough evidence in Pennsylvania to overturn the vote, then we go to uh, then we go to the uh, congressional delegations. So, you know, it's 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 not impossible it may be improbable, but at the same time, it's important that every single one of these people and more. I mean, there's a bunch we haven't heard from yet. There's a ton of people in the, for example, we haven't heard from our senators here in uh, Florida. I don't know what Marco Rubio is going to do. If he were smart, he would join the objectors. He would have done it last week. I don't know what Rick Scott's going to do. I would like him to join the objectors as well. Tim Scott in South Carolina, I haven't heard from him. 
Rand Paul of Kentucky hasn't said anything. Kelly Leffler of Georgia, she may say something tonight at that Trump rally. So it's going to be, pardon me, it's it's going to be interesting. Sorry, I had to sneeze. I got a tickle. I got like some dust on my nose. Yeah, good. Uh, it's, it's gone now. Thank you. I appreciate your concern. But she may say something tonight at the rally in Georgia. We're going to have to watch and see. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marquee Show is on the way. Stay tuned. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045 is our number. Look, it's going to be an exciting week. We've got this big rally tonight in Georgia with President Trump. Kelly Leffler, no, uh, no David Perdue because well he's got the COVID. No, uh, no Brian Kemp because well he's PNG. Uh, no Brad Raffensperger because Donald Trump's suing him for this leaked phone call where uh, now they're saying that Donald Trump was trying to force he was trying to force Brad Raffensperger into finding votes that uh, that you know he needed to to win the state of Georgia, which is not the case at all. But that's what the, you know that's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe the president was doing something illegal, just like they did with the Ukraine phone call. It's the same exact thing that he's been um, that he's been experiencing his entire his entire life. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five is our number. This is Ken in North Carolina. Hi, Ken. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, doing great, man. What's going on, Ken? What's on your mind? I uh, just had an idea. Um, you guys need to get more reporters out to cover all these events that are taking place. So you got grassroots people out here that have campers and vans and, and um, camper trailers and cameras. Uh, why can't folks start helping like you out and Newsmax? That's and a that's out? a great idea. Like okay. they have the um, what would like the Cajun Navy? You know they went out with their boats to help the people of the flood victims. Remember out in uh, in uh, Louisiana and in um, in, ten in Texas? Yes, sir. We would have our own like little Cajun news crew or whatever or. Or uh, I, I love that idea. You get in your pickup trucks, you get on your ATVs, you grab your iPhones, and you send us whatever footage you have. Ken, I appreciate the idea. You know what we need to do is we need to set up like a, a special Dropbox or website or some way that people can send us video and, uh, and audio um, that we can get. Ken, I love it. Ken, thank you so much. That's great. 855-765-1045. Matthew in Dalton, Georgia. How you doing, Matthew? Good. How are you? Oh, doing great. What's going on, man? What would you want to say? Well, first-time caller, and I'm going to the Trump rally today. Oh, you are. I am. All right. What you should probably be there now if you want to, you know, if you want to make sure you get in. Yeah, my dad called and said the uh, road to get there is starting to uh, get a little backed up. Yeah. Yeah. At 11:30 a.m., the Trump rally is scheduled, I believe, for like six or seven tonight, and the roads are already getting backed up. That's pretty much that's pretty much typical for a Trump rally. Now, what uh, what are you going there by yourself? Are you going there with a bunch of friends? Do you have a big group of people? What are you expecting? Uh, well, it's just me and a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to a Trump rally? Negative. Okay, great. Well, this will be a lot of fun for you. Do me a favor. Do you have an iPhone or a cell phone with a camera on it? I do. Great. Take some video. Take some audio. Take some pictures. And send it to us, and you can be part of our uh, out of our of our Cajun news crew. Is that what Cajun or whatever redneck? What are we calling it? Okay. All right, great. Yeah, thanks. We'll look forward to that. Eight five five seven redneck news crew. I like that. I like that. We'll go with that. Eight five five seven six five a one zero four five. Frank is in Georgia as well. Hi, Frank. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Mark, how are you doing? Doing great, man. What do you want to say, sir? Uh, my. my the thing that's been bothering me is that I don't, what I don't understand uh, is that the six swing states. To me, it doesn't it doesn't matter who 
uh, who won the election. To me, it's it's about those six swing states at the end of the day breaking their own election laws. Yeah. Period. Right. But that's that's the bottom line right there. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever. At the bottom, at the end of the day, they broke the law. Period. Well, this is the big problem with the court case. I mean, this is why you had so many states, 19 states, go to the Supreme Court and say you have to deal with this. Because look at here. We here in Florida, we ran our election according to the Constitution. We ran our election according to the law. There were no problems with Florida. Same with Texas. Texas did the same thing. No problems in Texas. Look at Ohio. Ohio, same thing. They ran their election spotlessly. And we had the same thing. Now you've got these other states who changed the laws, who changed the rules, who did it illegally, who did it unconstitutionally. And look what happened to the rest of the states. Uh, They're the one, you know, it's like the nice guys finish last principle. And the Supreme Court refuses to get their hand. They refuse to touch it. Why? Because there's going to be riots. Newsflash, there's going to be riots anyway. There were riots on New Year's Eve for no reason other than the fact that these Antifa idiots had nothing better to do than to riot. That's where we are today. 855-765-1045. Gloria, good morning, Gloria. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Hey, I'm doing fine, Mark. Uh, I have a new nickname for Ressenberger. It's Ressenpuker. And it's mostly because Trump has given him a last chance before Trump pulls his Trump card on the 6th. But my biggest concern right now is for Pence protection because since his trump trump card okay hold on i'm sorry your your concern mike pence's protection yes because, because go ahead pence is trump's trump card kemp is trump's trump card what does that mean exactly pence is trump's Oh, Pence, got Trump it. Cart. Got it. Pence, Trump, Kemp. There's a lot of a lot of similarly sounding names. So you think what? Something's going to happen to the vice president? I think the there has to be extraordinary protection for the vice president because there is they the lib keeps saying that there is no precedent for a vice president to actually call uh, for um, an actual vote. But right. I think it's actually happened twice. And okay. wasn't it kind of wonky that it happened in Georgia? So you think, uh, like you think the that 1800s? the vice I get it. You think that the people that want to make sure this that Joe Biden is president will go to any any means necessary and that the vice president needs to up his uh, Secret Service protection. I get what you're saying. Look, the vice president, is all eyes will be on the vice president on January 6th, or in this case, January 7th, because like I said, these two hour debates, they're going to go. I mean, they're going to there's going to be six of them. And if they don't start till one o'clock on January the 6th, you know that they're not going to be done till sometime on the 7th. But uh, but I'm, I'm hopefully the vice president and the hopefully they're making sure that uh, hopefully they're making sure that he's, in, you know, in good hands. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. Sabrina in Jacksonville. Hi, Sabrina. How are you? Hey, Mark. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Sabrina. What's going on? What do you want to say today? I'm excited about going to D.C. tomorrow. You're going to D.C. tomorrow? Yes, I am. I'll be there on Wednesday. Oh, fantastic. we chartered buses out of Jacksonville. There are three buses so far, but they are adding people daily. Yeah. If anyone is interested, 
It can cause small world tours out of Haines City, Florida, and they are picking us up in the morning uh, in Mandarin, and they're taking us uh, taking us to Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, to spend the night. Yeah, and they're bringing us over to the city for six hours on Wednesday. Wow! And then you're just turning around and coming back, huh? And they're going to take us back to Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, for the night, and then they'll bring us back home Thursday. Yeah, that's probably you know they, there's no more hotel rooms, and they're also shutting down all the porta potties because the mayor doesn't want the rally to happen. But listen, while you're there, Sabrina, if you do, you have, do you have your camera or your phone with you? Of course. All right, listen, take a bunch of photos and videos and stuff. Get some audio. Audio's big because you know it's a radio show, and uh, and send it to us. Let us know what's going on. I will. I'll do that for you, Mark. Uh, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, you can be part of our Redneck News crew. And we'll get that. Uh, we need some kind of, by the way, Josh, we need some kind of like, you know, the eyewitness news, but we need like the, red, the, do, 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 the redneck news alert. And then we can just play the clips from people that are sending them in from Georgia and DC and wherever, really, wherever the news happens, you know, send us. I like this idea better than us ever going anywhere ever again. This is a much rather than me ever having to travel. You guys just send me stuff when you go places and we'll play it on the air. 855-765-1045 is our number this is pete in fort worth texas how you doing pete hey mark how you doing hey good what's going on man what do you want to say hey in 2018 i was actually a resident of georgia and yep. i moved here to texas in 2019 mm -hmm. i went to the macon rally which had uh, i think there were forty thousand people allowed in and i think there were forty thousand people watching on a jumbotron yeah and donald trump got brian kemp reelected. Brian Kemp owes Donald Trump his his current career, and I am so ticked off, so ticked off that he just smacks him right in the face when he's needed the most. Yeah, and that's all I want to say. No, you're right. Listen, the thing that you're real and Brett Pete, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. the thing that he's going to realize, probably already has, but the thing that he's going to realize, and that a lot of other people are realize realizing is. That when Donald Trump gets you elected, you know, you, I mean, great, good for it, good, thank him. But then don't turn around and not, and we're not talking about, look, we're not talking about doing anything illegal. You have to support the members of your party who support you. Look at the Democrats. Oh, something happened with the Democrats, which proves this point exactly. The Republicans suck at this. The worst place, if you are a Republican, you've got to constantly watch your back because some other Republican has a big knife a crocodile Dundee style knife, and they are ready to stab you in it. The Democrats, the Democrats, for whatever reason, will hate each other, despise each other, spit on each other, talk smack about each other, plot to overthrow each other. But when the rubber hits the road, they stand, they stick together like glue. The Republicans d do the opposite to their to their detriment. And something happened yesterday in Congress, which I have to tell you about before we get out of here. Quick break. I'll do that next. Stay tuned. More of the Marque Show coming up. All right, we were just talking, by the way, this is the Marque Show. Thanks so much for being here. We were just talking a little bit about why uh, why it is that the Democrats uh, stick together and the Republicans don't. Something. This is a great example of this. Republicans like Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll stab Donald Trump in the back. As soon as they think that he's out of power and he can't, uh, he can't do anything to help them anymore, then they will... They will they'll basically like, you know, bend over backwards to to, you know, stick with to a vote with the Democrats to make sure that they retain their power. But what they don't realize, what they don't realize is that they only have power because of Donald Trump and more importantly, the people that voted that he basically told to vote for them. And that's 75 million voters. And he's going to start to see it in Georgia. 
in two years when he gets voted out and replaced with, I don't know, somebody like, uh, oh, Doug Collins, who's already polling higher than he is for governor. It's going to happen here in Florida. If Marco Rubio, I'm telling you, if Marco Rubio doesn't step up and do something and say Florida voted for Trump, we did it the right way. We need to object to these electors from these states that, that broke the rules, that violated the law, that violated our Constitution. If Marco Rubio doesn't do that, then guess what? In two years, there's going to be someone else coming along saying, hey, Marco Rubio does not have the president's back. Marco Rubio is not a Republican. Marco Rubio does not fight for the people that, that, that helped him get where he is today and, and helped keep him around. And if Marco Rubio, if Marco Rubio worked with the president and fought for the president, I guarantee the president would fight for him in two years. And he would continue to be our senator right now. I don't think it's looking good. John Rutherford, John Rutherford over the weekend finally went to Twitter and he said, look, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to object. So he's one of the 140. John Rutherford finally said, I'm going to object. We're going to uh, we're going to make sure that the we were heard in the Congress. He then went on to say how it's a lost cause because the Democrats have enough votes to overturn it, blah, blah, blah. But you have to at least object. So thank you, John Rutherford, for standing up and saying, I will fight for the president. I will fight for the people that voted for me and, and reelected me here in Duval County, here in Jacksonville. And there's 140 other Congress people around the place who are going to. But I'll tell you, the, the Democrats, they do it better than anyone. They stick together. You know, when there's a lot of crazy stuff that's been going on. So there we've had a new Congress for one day. They were all sworn in on Sunday. And in that first day, there was a shouting match on the floor between Republicans and Democrats for not wearing masks. Brand new Republican Congress people showed up without masks and the Democrats started screaming at them. We had another congresswoman we said who said uh, who's bringing her Glock to Congress because she's from Colorado. She's 100 pounds. She wants to protect herself and she has the Second Amendment right to do so. And then yesterday, Nancy Pelosi was reelected, reelected Speaker of the House of Representatives. And the four votes that were most surprising were the squad, the squad, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Rashida Tlaib. These are people who outspokenly said that the, the leadership is not progressive enough. Nancy Pelosi has to go. Uh, Nancy Pelosi told Anderson, or AOC told Anderson Cooper, um, we need new leadership in the Democratic Party. And then yesterday, when when it came time to vote, they all turned their backs on their progressive ideals. They all turned their backs on their voters and their constituents. They all turned their backs on their radical idealism. And they all held their nose and voted for Nancy Pelosi. The Republicans can't seem to do that. They never stick together and they never stick together, especially when it's most important. They crumble. And that's what we're seeing now. And that's why Donald Trump, he'll be fine. But Brian Kemp, he'll probably he's got two more years and then he's going to be looking for a job. Maybe he could coach the Jaguars. We're looking for a coach. 855-765-1045. We probably will be in two more years, too. 855-765-1045. Listen, we got to go. Traffic, weather, news, and Rush Limbaugh. Coming up next. See ya. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.